Hello and welcome to the PHBC Pastors Podcast, where we seek to bring biblical and pastoral insight to everyday issues for the people of PHBC. I'm Brian. And I'm Brian. And today we are taking up a very timely matter, the issue of the coronavirus or COVID-19 or that thing that means you now work from home. Uh, It has completely changed our world, our daily lives. Its reach is everywhere, and I believe it would benefit all of us uh, for us to take a few minutes and discuss it now. Now, I am not a doctor in any sense of the word. And your doctoral studies are uh, decidedly apart from the medical field. Would that be accurate? Technically so, yes. <laughs> and so given that neither of us are medical doctors, we, we are not going to come at this from the medical, technical, statistical side. Uh, we're here to bring a pastoral take to the issue at hand before us today. Um, so, PB, to get us started, can you just walk us through your response to... The coronavirus, when you first heard of it, to now, kind of how you've approached it, how you've taken it in, just give us kind of a a bit of a glimpse into how you've taken it on. Well, I certainly didn't uh, when I first heard about the outbreak in China and its spreading in China. um, I anticipated that it would spread across the world, but I had no clue, no clue that it would spread as quickly as it has across the world and so I, I admit I was um, was and still am a bit dumbfounded how quickly it has spread and now the United States as we record this today um, has more COVID-19 cases than any other country in the world um, and so I was a bit taken back uh, by that um, a little disappointed as well because I like being out in public I like I was I had a, um, a, my annual physical uh, this morning at the doctor's office and I was telling my doctor how deeply just my, my soul aches, particularly for the, the lack of the gathering of God's people. Mm. Um, and so I'm 50 plus years old and certainly in my adult life, so since in my early 20s, I don't think I've ever gone, uh, so we've gone now three weeks without meeting. I've not in my adult life ever missed three Sundays of church in a row, ever. And uh, this is the first time, and so I'm really, I'm aching about that, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I, the the speed with which it happened struck me as well. I remember the, the Thursday afternoon, um, I was finishing up in the office, and I saw that a few uh, churches had canceled services for that Sunday. I said, oh, that's interesting. Maybe it really is more of a bigger deal than I had originally given it. Um, some thought, and uh, then uh, you reached out to me, and the the elders, we we got together and we talked, and then we decided that it was best for us to cancel as well, and that's when I really sat down and went, whoa, and just to see how comprehensive it has been in terms of affecting people, certainly the the, the tragedy of lost life due to it, um, it, overwhelming is is the the best that I can do to come up with a word for it. and so, Pastor Brian, as we are faced with such an overwhelming force that touches everything from our health to our finances to our habits, 
How are we as Christians to view and think about and approach a, a pandemic of this scale? Certainly something that in, in my uh, 30 years of life that I've never experienced, that, that many have never experienced, certainly not this firsthand. How are we as Christians to think about such things? Well, I'd say very few people living today have ever experienced Fair this. Enough. Uh, the last pandemic that the world experienced was the Spanish flu at the end of World War One. so... 1918. So if you're 102 years old, then uh, <laughs> then you experienced that as an infant. Um, but so how? What, what was your question again? How should we as Christians approach, think about, handle a pandemic? Well, as Christians, we remind ourselves that the Lord God is in control. None of this caught him off guard. Um, I, you know, I mentioned a moment ago that I, I had no clue that it would spread so wide, so far wide and so quickly. No clue, but God did. Um, he knows what's happening and he knows what tomorrow will hold and he knows what six months from now will hold. And so we trust in the faithfulness and the goodness of God, even in the midst of this pandemic. We trust that he is working all things to the Mm -hmm. uh, to the to his glory and honor that his name would be praised and so we just we trust God we have faith in God even in the midst of not knowing what the future holds that's uh, that's an excellent word uh, a few weeks back um, right when we first started making these changes you put out a devotional on the great commandment um, would you so listener I commend it to you you can find it both on our website phpc.com and on our YouTube account um, the link to that is from our website or you can just search phbc on YouTube and look for our logo um, would you just be able to give us just a bit of what you were getting at there? What does it mean? What does it look like to love God and love others in these times? Why is that such an important thing that we need to lock into? Well, it's important, one, not just during a pandemic time. It's important because when Jesus was asked what the greatest command in all of the law is, he went straight to this point. And so, so whether we're in a pandemic or whether we're in quote-unquote normal times, this is a, it's a wonderful passage to meditate on. Um, but during a pandemic time, again, we, we love God and we, re we, we recognize in our loving of God that He is um, in charge. He is in control. Uh, nothing is catching Him off guard. And so as we love Him with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind, uh, we we don't allow, for example, our mind to 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 run astray, to 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 run toward fear and to run uh, toward uh, you know the wringing of the hands, because we love God and we know that He is in charge, and so we can trust Him. And then our loving of others, um, you know, oftentimes, and I have two young young guys living at the house. Uh, one who is particularly um, enjoys being outdoors, likes to take walks, likes to go around places. The other is just happy staying at home. Um, uh, but when when you're young, you think, well, we've we've heard so much in the news about the coronavirus is particularly uh, uh, harmful for those who are elderly or those who have other symptoms, um, underlying symptoms, uh, which is of course true. Uh, but then so then the young person thinks, well. Well, if I get it, it's not going to be really that big a deal. And chances are, for a young person, if you get it, 
it probably won't be that big a deal for you, although there certainly are cases right. of young people um, without any underlying health concerns who have died from the uh, coronavirus. Um, but it's not so much me worrying about me, it's then, well, if I get it, what would that do to somebody that I love or somebody to my neighbor to, um, you know, when this first thing, when it, when it all first came down, I thought about going to visit my mom and dad in South Carolina. I said, well, this would be a good time. Things aren't going to be as busy at the church. This would be a good time for me to visit them. Um, and I, at least I appear symptom free. I don't think I have the coronavirus, but then I thought, you know, what I, do I really want to take that chance that I could be asymptomatic myself and then go down to my parents who are pushing 80 and my mother um, has, does have underlying um, uh, breathing issues and you know how would I feel if I went down to my mom and I'm the one who ended up uh, delivering the virus to her uh, even even if I did so unknowingly would that would, is that a loving thing to do that mm. and no it isn't and so uh, so we may gather here. Let's say we let's say we continued gathering while at least while it was legal to gather. We could have done so, but it would have been a love. Would that have been a loving thing to do? Would we have loved our neighbors well if one person had come into our congregation that day who had who had the virus, even unbeknownst to them again having the virus, they could have spread it to a hundred other people, and then those hundred people go to their homes and they spread it, um, and that's how exponential spread happens. Yeah, that. Uh that's all fantastic. Uh, and so what we have here is, is just a, a wonderful opportunity for us to live out Philippians 2, uh, starting verse 3, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Um, so this idea of love being the motivating factor behind the decisions that we've made, which have been hard, difficult, unpleasant decisions, they were made nonetheless out of a, an abundance of love and a desire to put others first. And so, brothers and sisters, please know that none of the decisions made at PHBC were done um, for any reason other than a desire to love one another well, first and foremost. Um, Pastor Brian, switching gears a bit, you, you mentioned in that um, the idea of legality and how there there was a time when we were allowed to meet. We are a smaller church, and so we could have kind of worked our way around it a bit. Um, that is no longer the case. And so would you just speak to us a bit about the legal side of this, the the relationship between PHBC and, and the government. So we are following um, Governor Hogan's orders. Um, why are we doing that? Isn't the church supposed to stand up and not bow the knee to Caesar? How do we reconcile the Bible's teaching with our response to the government and to the authorities at hand? Well, first we need to recognize the government's not saying, hey, all you churches, you need to stop meeting. Um, but all these other businesses that have people coming to them, they're allowed to meet. And so it's not as if the government is singling out churches. If, if that were the case, then we really would need to say, you know, no, we're not going to do that um, if, if, if you're trying to target churches. That's not what they're trying to do, is they're trying to, they, they, you recognize that the spread comes through um, social contact. And so they're saying, let's stop all social contact. And we also recognize that there's nobody here, none of the elders here, and as far as I know, none of the members here of this church are um, 
experts in the in the field of um, infectious disease and how infectious disease spread. And so here we are simply, you know, we're relying on those who are experts. So the um, Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci and, and individuals like that that you see on the news conferences, we're relying on them to give us good information so that we can make good decisions regarding um, how we how we would meet and so and that's exactly for that matter that's what Governor Hogan is doing he's not a disease expert either he's relying on those who are experts and so then he is issuing um, executive orders from the governor's office saying all right you know at this point you can gather and, and no more than I think it started off with like 250 yeah. um, quickly went down to 10 I know there's one state I believe they have uh, they have the thing out where no gatherings more than three um, um, and then of course today as we're recording this uh, Governor Hogan has said you know you just need to stay at home um, unless you're going to a essential workplace or you're going to the grocery store or you're going to pick up medicine what have you you know something that is a must need you know no more uh, trips to the park just to take a walk in the park well thank you for that uh let me ask three other questions, and these are questions that I've seen posed by, by our members, um, either uh, speaking uh, directly with them or just seeing them post online. Um, so we, we talked for a while about love being the motivating factor, wanting to love others well, um, but so many of the ways that we do that are now you know, off the table, if you will, given uh, the restrictions placed on us um, by the authorities at hand. Um, PB, how can we love others well? What does it look like to love one another well in this day and age? So, number one, you would love others well by not going to their house um, and not, you know, again, because oftentimes those who have the COVID-19 virus are asymptomatic. In other words, they don't, they don't even know they have it. And so you might think, well, here's a way I can love somebody. I'm going to go to their house and I'm going to cheer them up today. And un, again, un, unbeknownst to you, no, nobody would do this intentionally, uh, but unbeknownst to you, you have the COVID-19 virus and then you've just introduced it in that home. So that's not loving them well. So, you know, we live in a day of modern technology. And so, um, well, a telephone is hardly modern, modern technology, but I guess relatively in the, in the last you know, couple hundred years, modern technology relative to the Bible it's modern technology <laughs> and so um, so pick up the phone and call um, some church members call or call your neighbor if you might be out in your front lawn talk to your neighbor I mean again mind be mindful of social distancing don't go up and give them a hug or anything but be mindful of talk to people um, we have a number of Bible studies that are meeting via zoom right now or yep. um, or other types of uh, video conferencing technology, take part in one of those uh, Bible studies so that you can uh, be in contact. Now, they are a poor substitute for the actual gathering. I recognize that, um, but where we're at right now, this is a way that we could love one another, is by keeping in contact with each other. Uh, for those of you that are uh, social media people, you know, post things on Facebook, um, don't be very careful about what you post on Facebook and what and Twitter and Instagram and all these different social. A lot of people go to those platforms and they think they're getting genuine information, mm. uh, which is often not the case. And so be very careful what you post, but you can use those platforms for good 
um, if you if you decide to use it for good. That, that's excellent. I, I read an article this week that was titled um, "Social Distancing is Not Social Isolation." And so, even though we might be apart physically, that is not an excuse or a reason to block ourselves off and not seek out fellowship um, or even prayer. Uh, so, uh, I know you mentioned this on Sunday uh, during the live stream, which is also available on our YouTube channel. Um, but to grab a copy of our church directory, um, you can send me an email. I will gladly uh, email you a copy of it and just pray through our directory, um, the families that you may know well and those who may, you may not know as well. Yet we are members of the body of Christ, so we need to be lifting up one another in prayer. Uh, so last two questions for you. Um, Pastor Ryan, is this a sign of the end times? You know, Second Chronicles 7.13, uh, the word says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, command the locusts to devour the land, send pestilence among my people, and, and it goes on. You know, that earlier this year, there were these devastating wildfires in Australia due to no rain. In eastern Africa, there's been very significant swarms of locusts. And now here's this disease ravaging... Is, is this the end of the world as we know it? I was getting ready to sing the song, The End of the World as We Know It, but I, I decided to use that. Um, for copyright legal for, for purposes. Copy, exactly, that's, that's, the, that's the the only entirely reason. the reason that I did it. Um, so are we living in the end times? Well, yes, we're living in the end times. Um, but we need to understand what the end times are. The end times are from whenever, whenever Jesus ascended to heaven until he comes again, we're living in the end times. And so... Uh, so by my calculations, that would be roughly so 1990 years right now where we've been living in so almost 2000 years. We've been living in the end times. Do we have another 1990 years to go? I don't know. We might not have you. You know, our listeners may not ever listen to this podcast. I don't know when the Lord's coming again. Um, and for that matter, Jesus said while he was on earth that he didn't know when he was going to come again. And so all the speculation about, you know, the, the planets are in alignment or this is happening or this is happening. There have been plagues. There have been famines. There have been um, you know, times with, without rain for as, for as long as people have been on this earth. And so, uh, so I, I am not one to try to read the tea leaves about is this the end of the world as we know it. Um, it's certain in some respects it is going to be. This is it's certainly going to change. You know, the COVID nineteen virus has changed some somewhat of our psyche. Um, and so now, how quickly we bounce back from that? You know, will we five years from now like forget about this, or will it actually change how we live? Could be. But as far as you know, biblically speaking, are we in the end times? Yes, we're in the end times, but that doesn't mean that uh, that Jesus is coming back uh, before the COVID-19 virus has gone away. It's very well said. Um, and so then finally, uh, just a, a final closing word, uh, parting thought for our listeners on the subject of this virus. Um, I hope your heart is as my heart is, and I hope you are so... You mentioned, Brian, a moment ago that we are a family, and when we're talking about the directory and praying through the directory... Um, and I am so looking forward to it's only been three weeks but I am just aching looking forward to a family reunion with the people of PHBC I am looking forward to worshiping together um, 
the live stream preaching to a to a um, to a, a laptop computer. It, I, I mean, I appreciate that. I I pray that the people are being fed on on their end, and but that's no substitute for seeing the people of God and fellowshipping with the people of God. I am looking forward. I am longing for that day. Yeah. Perhaps you've seen going around on social media the, the saying, the church has left the building. Um, so we all know that the church is not the building, it's the people. And so having been in this building for a couple weeks now, as quiet as I've ever seen it, as neat and tidy, and I hate it. Not because I love mess, but I love the people who cause the mess. And so I want to uh, just echo my brother's sentiments that I uh, dearly miss being able to gather together. And I am so looking forward to when we can again. Uh, trusting God in the meantime that he will sustain us, that he will provide for us, um, that he will see us through till that day. Um, so that'll do it for now. Uh, wanna, once again, as Pastor Brian has done numerous times, if you need anything, if we can be of service to you, if we can help provide you with resources or connections, whatever it is, reach out to us. We are here for you. We are here to minister to you. Um, by all means, email, phone call, whatever it takes, let us know, and we will do what we can. Um, but thank you for your time. This has been the PHBC Pastors Podcast. Yes.